<laughs> well, well. Here we are. Oh, fuck. That's the breakfast club. <laughs> I can't even make it. Hang on. Five seconds into an episode without quoting movie. Hang on. Okay, here we go. Ready? <laughs> Best movie ever. Yep. Open. Play. Fucking play. Yeah. I said, well, well, here we are. I'd like to congratulate you all for being on time. Here we are. I want to congratulate you for being on time. Excuse me, sir. I think there's been a mistake. I know it's detention, but um, I don't think I belong in here. It is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to think about why you're here. To ponder the error of your ways. <laughs> You may, you may not, not talk. talk. You will not you move, move from these seats. seats. And you not will not sleep. sleep. All right, people, we're going to try something a little different today. We are going to write an essay of no less than a thousand words. Describing to me who you think you are. This is a test. And when I say essay, I mean essay. essay. I do not mean a single word repeated a thousand times. Is that clear, Mr. Bender? Crystal. Good. Maybe you'll learn a little something about yourself. Maybe you'll even decide whether or not you care to return. Uh... Yeah, you know, I can answer that right now, sir. You know, that'd be no, no for me. Because sit down, Johnson. Johnson. Thank you, sir. My office is right across that hall. Any monkey business is ill-advised. Any questions? I got a question. Yeah, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Give you the answer to that question, Mr. Bender, next, next Saturday. Saturday. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. Speaky. That man is a brownie hound. <laughs> so fucking good. I don't know how many times I've watched that movie, but it's really, 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 really a lot. But seriously, guys. Um, this is episode five. <laughs> I'm in like I, I'm I'm two weeks into this thing and I am completely overwhelmed. Thank you. You're here again listening to my bullshit. <laughs> fucking good for you. Welcome to where's the fucking lid? I don't know, but I have a feeling it's gone. It's lost. And it is all your fault. Just like I stipulate in the book, you guys, it is all your fault. You're encouraging me. You're listening. You're asking for more already. The messages that I'm getting. Holy shit. So just look, when I'm out of control, just remember who is responsible for all this when you're finally sick of hearing my voice 
and my bullshit opinions. Okay? So, yes. So, anyone who is just uh, tuning into Tokyo now, if very first episode you hear, um, yes, there is a book coming. No, I'm not a racist. I just like to practice my uh, culturalism. Mm-hmm. But the book, yes, um, it's it's part and parcel. It is, it's the whiskey to the rocks. It's the pizza to the wings. It is the smoky to the bandit. It is the Mick to the Keith of this podcast. They do go hand in hand. I can spew all I want on this podcast, but the topics and the points all stem from the book. And every now and then, here on the podcast, we will do um, a Russian roulette sort of thing where I will select, or maybe, hey, one day, if I actually get to have a fucking guest on this show, um, after all this isolation bullshit is over, maybe then they can be the one to uh, select from a pile of the journals and the books and the boxes and such. And then I will pick a page or they will pick a page and whatever is on said page, we spew or we reflect upon. That's what we will gear our conversations around. And uh, yes, 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 that does kind of scare me. Thank you for asking very sweet of you. It does. It fucking scares me because there is some personal shit. Um, I'll never reveal names, but man, some of them pages, they're going to make me hold my breath. Maybe a few tears, maybe puke a little in my mouth, but uh, yeah, they're my personal notes, my journals, reflections, and memories that span over 20, 25 years. That's several failed relationships, you guys. Four kids, death, secrets. I'm thinking maybe we should only do this once a month. <laughs> what if we do a spinning wheel? Yeah, we'll do a spinning wheel for when I have guests, mm -hmm. when I have guests on the show and they can spin the wheel and that'll steer us in the direction of our spewing, right? Here, if you're going to spew, spew into this, right? Car, <laughs> game on. Hi, Wayne. Hi. Oh, fuck's sake. So today, what is today? Today is day 40 fuckish in social distancing, self-isolation mode. Just putting that out there just in case, I don't know, make some sense for a timeline's sake. I don't know. I'm on day. I just want to fucking hug someone. And then some. Oy vey. Human touch. Human? Seriously, though, is human touch so underrated? I don't you think? Like, that's an episode. There is another episode, and I definitely, mm -hmm, I need a guest for that one so it doesn't come across as me on a sex chat phone line. I'll employ several bitches for that one. And then it's just women doing what we do best. 
you know, what we do best. Being dirtier and more vulgar than men could ever dream of being. (laughs) It's the truth. We are the worst and the best all at the same time. But for today, just for today, that's a future episode. Today, my week. Um, Last week, when I say week, that's obviously using the term very lightly, right? Because a week is seven days, but I don't know when it started. I don't know whether it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday that my week started. How was your week? I had a fucking week internally, but honestly, nothing that I haven't gone through before. This week, we have had some heavy influences when it comes to the moon and the planetary system, retrograde, enter retrograde. Thank you very much. And um, I was uh, revisited by some ghosts. So, you know, nothing out of the ordinary in the life of jazz, but (sighs) all I can say in the grand scheme of things, beautiful things are unfolding. And it's all a part of the process, right? Mm-hmm. So, hey, I stopped drinking for a few days. That was something. Mm-hmm. It was. Seriously proud of myself. Fuck's sakes. Like literally nothing. Like not even one. Not even like a little sip. Like anyways, it was – I made that decision because we're like with all this energy floating around, I felt it was necessary. Sometimes I have a tendency to consciously restrain myself from the drink whenever I feel that urge to get fucking destroyed coming on. (laughs) And I mean, there is a time. There is a place for that. And my name is on the wall there. It's blacked on the wall. Or is it a neon flashing sign? Ooh, maybe it's like a painted canvas portrait over the mantle. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. What one is it? Maybe it's, the, maybe it's the portrait. I don't know. But this past week, anyways, kids at home, homeschooling, lots of rain in the forecast, enter retrograde. I was like, mm, not a good idea. Anyways, it lasted for four days. And when I say four days, I mean today being day four at 9 p.m. <laughs> classify that as four full days. And I am really enjoying my drink right now. It's so delicious. It's, it's lovely. Anyways, today, fourth day, I was on edge all day. You know, like that pressure in your chest. Like, and I used to be like this all the time. Like, I can't believe I didn't fucking stroke out. Like, I must have just been a treat to live with. Sorry about that. But anyways, wound tight like a tiger. And, you know, like that, that pressure, like, you know the one where you like you rub your face a lot and like you do like the like the up swipe like with your full open palm it goes over your cheeks you're like completely smushing your face right now and you've got like your fingers are over your eyes 
like to the forehead and you like pause right there and you're like the tips of your fingers are like pressing down maybe they're like massaging like the hairline around your face and you take a deep breath and you're like a slow balloon air release you're like right and then you're like and you're like downward and you're like dragging your face and you're like pulling it down to where like the skin around your eyes has been like stretched to like reveal the red under like the bottom of your eyes. And again, deep breath and you're like eh, big balloon. You're really like, oh, right? Yeah, I did that all fucking day. I was like a sketch bag. All day, like snappy. And they were done. The kids, I mean, like they were fucking twirling and dancing and jumping all around. Like one had like clicky fucking dance shoes on all day. And she was actually, she actually sang a song. She she, she made like this little fucking, these like, look, mom, I found something to do. And it's annoying people and I love it. Like what a dick. Literally on crack. Only stopping like... They were wired, and they only land on something to get into, or someone to bother, or buttons to push. Like you, you get it, right? Like that's that's been my day, my week. I just I gave up on homeschooling this week. They just it was not in them. They lacked the focus, and I wasn't going to go through that hell. But even the kids, the older kids. They were fucking in on it for fuck this week. They were so bored that they were out of their rooms bugging and playing with the little kids, encouraging them to be even more of assholes than they already are because it's pure entertainment for them. (laughs) And they're all having a great time. And then there's me in the corner. Thou shall not crack. Still not drinking. This week, it didn't matter how much time we spend outside. Like, we were soaked on our walk one day this week in the rain. And like some weeks, you just can't get a grip on the energy. And this, I found, was one of them. It's a great lesson in releasing the whole mantra of release what you cannot control. (laughs) And it is, ah, sweet, sweet, sweet children, kids, and all their awesomeness. Let's go there. Let's go there. Because I just call my assholes, like, my kids' assholes, like, five different times because they are assholes, but it's not all that bad. Like, I love them, but that's, come on, that's what they are a lot of the time, right? But it's not all bad. Like, this week, what else? Well, the positive. Okay. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me again. The light in all the madness was the laughter, plain and simple, coming from all of them at the same time. Yeah. With the age gap between the four of them, you'd be surprised how hard that is to come by. But yeah, lots of laughs. And then the tears when someone gets hurt and then more laughs after. So that's a, that's a nice spin, right? What else? Um, homeschooling. No, I don't want to talk about that right now. 
even though I am, aside from these days off, these off days, I'm really fucking enjoying it. Like I really am. But anyways, no, I don't want to talk about that. What else? Uh, that thing. I did it. So that thing. So I did, I did that thing the other day that we talked about. Um, I talked, you listened, uh, previous episode three or four, I'm not sure. Simple way that we could empower, empower our children with the twist of one simple thing. The simple thing of saying, what do you want to be right now versus what do you want to be when you grow up? That thing. Okay. So my nine-year-old, She's on her bed. She's writing in her journal and she's like, da 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 da, telling me that she was writing about standing up for herself, especially when it came to her brother and the kids at school and how it's okay to do that. And I was like, amazing, Ro. Of course it is, I said. And then she started asking me questions about what, about when I was her age, what I wanted to be when I grew up. Well, I wanted to write. And I wanted to act. The apple does not obviously fall far from the tree with her. So I told her I wrote short stories all the time, Ro. And her older sister, uh, my oldest, she wrote stories too for a time being. (laughs) She started like praising me. She was like, mom, you're doing it. You're writing a book right now. You're following your dreams. I laughed. I said, you know what, Ro? It took me 30 years to get back on track, but yes, you're right, I am. And she asked me why I waited so long. Fucking this comment threw me off for real. Slightly defensive, maybe. Like, I'm not sure that's the right word, but look, let's just say that when my daughter, said daughter, my nine-year-old was an infant, we called her judgy because she would just stare at you like into your soul like she was judging you so she asks me this question and I might have become slightly defensive I said life life happens and you get in the reason it took me so long is because of life it happens and you get into different things and those things lead to other things and distractions and different paths and just life I said I think I was actually trying to brush her off because we I was like cleaning her room at the time and then the next morning she was standing at the kitchen counter across from me as I made breakfast while she was supervising me let's be specific here she said mom I've given a lot of thought and I know what I want to do. I want to write. I want to be a writer when I grow up. I was like, fuck. She was still talking about it. Two days in a row and she's still on this whole writing thing. And then my mind jumped to that thing. And I, what did I say the other day about having no memory of my parents ever encouraging me towards a career or a passion when I was young. So I said it. Why don't you do it then, Ro? Why do you have to wait until you're older or grow up, quote unquote, Ro? Do it now. Like you were in your journal. You pick your message and you send it. 
Don't wait until you're 40 to do what you want to say what you want to say right now. Do what you want to do right now. Don't wait like your mama. She's kind of looked at me. She's like, okay, I will. And then she fucking walked away. And then less than 24 hours, she had used an online program that her teacher suggested. And she created her first ever newsletter. Your weekly smile, she called it. Fuck. (laughs) I helped her with suggestions, obviously, on the steps, on breaking down the layout and brainstorming and building the content and picking a theme or a message. That's uh, that's my good college dropout education at work right there. <laughs> she, but she put it together. Fuck, I didn't even correct her spelling or her punctuation because I loved it so much. I put it on social media and she's going to send it to all her little friends on Messenger and done. Next, she wants to, now she's saying she wants to ask her friends if they have any thoughts, pictures, or ideas that they would like to add to the weekly publication. Jesus, it was that easy. She inspired me, and she trusted herself, and she created so much fucking self-awareness and confidence. She even selected a, she, (laughs) she selected a picture of herself for the first publication. She says, I think people should be able to see who they're dealing with. (laughs) What a fucking legend. I died. You go, Ro. You do you. This is, this is it. I did that thing. You know, she's doing that thing. This is it, you guys. Let's instill this. Let's instill that in them right now. She did all of this in less than a day. Why? Because. Because we're born with that no fear instincts, that zero fucks judgy face, okay? She doesn't give a fuck what people think. She doesn't possess a fraction of the conditioning that gets slapped on every year that we fucking get older, every day. In the amount of self-love and the trust that she just instilled in herself, it'll take a fucking double dose of Hulk to break that shit down, if at all possible. Okay, like double, double dose of Hulk. Yes, please. Anyways, I'm fucking, anyways, I'm, I'm pumped just thinking about what she could do with this and terrified at the same time, right? Parents, like creating a child with such confidence, we don't want to break their spirits, right? We want to instill confidence. I want to instill confidence in my children, but okay. Oh, this is a sidetrack. This is a big one for me. Um, I want to instill that confidence, but I do not want to lose control, especially the girls. Let's actually switch completely over to my girls right now and say I don't want them, my daughters, growing up to be feminist cunts. Chirp, chirp, crickets, crickets. Um, I believe, I believe that there are feminists, and then there's cunts. Okay, there's there's a difference. 
And I really love that word. So shame on them for ruining it for the rest of us. But honestly, does it not seem like the world has turned itself into a man-hating frenzy? Like all in the name of equality? And don't even fucking get me started on me too. But seriously, why is it if a woman is to be empowered this day and age or successful or to prove herself, it comes hand in hand with demeaning men by putting them down or doing better than? Okay, this is a massive topic. I have the perfect guess for a full episode about cunts, but yeah, it's going to be called girls rule and boys drool, but please don't be a cunt about it. <laughs> okay, so at Christmas, okay, Christmas. Really pissed me off at Christmas. Every year for Christmas, I do the whole five things under the tree. It's the... Something you need, something to read, something to wear, something you want, and I don't know what the last one is. Anyways, I'm trying to find my daughter something to read. I wanted to buy my nine-year-old daughter a book for Christmas just about self-love and believing in yourself and about the feminine power in itself, okay? The only thing I found was feminist bullshit Raw, raw, raw. A lot of books on doings and being better and bigger bullshit. Anyways, side note, guess what else I'm writing right now? With my daughter's help. Okay. So, but I mean, girls got women, ladies, queens, bitches. You ever heard of, uh, the most powerful things spoken are the ones said in silence, <laughs> says the bitch with the podcast. <laughs> we don't, but we don't need to be pulling our own bandwagons. We have the fucking power. Like, Believe that, and anyone trying to suppress that is only threatened. Let them come. That's what she said. But the power, it gets so lost in all the preaching. We don't need to preach, ladies. Our existence is loud and powerful enough. Shall we visit mythology? The powers of the goddesses versus the gods, the fucking lioness versus the male lion, the mama. Come on, ladies. The whole world fucking knows it. Women are incredible life forms. We are capable of procreating. Our intuition alone is terrifying and equivalent to that of fucking magic. Why is that not enough? We have magical powers. Men do not. Okay, fact. These cunts who stand and preach on every platform demanding this and demanding that, that only encourages greed and comparison and animosity. It's a whole lot of ego going on, right? Like it's ego when someone who's truly full of self-love and awareness, when someone is truly connected to the universal love for themselves and others, to their core, 
you don't need money. You don't need status to feel like to feed that, to feel that. Women, we can fucking do anything we want. We are fucking capable. So let's fucking do it. But let's do for the sake of doing, not for the sake of proving a point, especially not to the point to put down men. Fill yourself with self-love, not status and doings. Raise your vibration. Vibrate on high, bitches, and leave the men and their balls and their wonderful manly hormones alone. Please. Just, I just want them to stay men. (laughs) I... I have a really hard time celebrating International Women's Day for this reason, okay? My daughters, instead of teaching them to rise above others, especially men, I teach them, as I've taught myself, self-love and acceptance to celebrate successes of their own and all others. I teach them the magic of lifting someone up, a human, not a man, not a woman, a fucking human. In this house, we are pro-human. Not men, not women, human. Okay? Yes, women have made incredible strides in equal rights, but more and more I find myself holding back on supporting things like International Women's Day because I feel I'm contributing towards a movement that I feel is getting out of fucking control, off balance, headed towards a society that will look very much like the one that women have fought so hard to overcome. Except those scales will teeter heavily onto one side again. The con side. So I see things turning out like an episode of Black Mirror. Okay, so like all the women are rulers, artificial inseminating and cloning's fucking everywhere and then it fucks all up and the only hope for humankind is to fuck, like have sex, procreate with a man, but they're all so demasculated, we all die. <laughs> fuck. There are women who will never learn to appreciate a gesture of romance because she'll perceive it to be the man seeing her as incapable, a sign of weakness. Those women who will never enjoy the feeling of being enthralled by masculine traits in a man because it's unequal or insensitive or controlling in nature. Yes, Women can take care of themselves. We can take care of ourselves. We can take care of fucking all of it. Everything. All of it. All of our needs. We do not need a man to experience pleasure. But you want to show me a woman masturbating? And then you want to show me a woman being taken by a man? You pick... That's all I gotta say. Them poor cunts. (laughs) Is it hot in here? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm Mm-hmm. But, um, mm mm-hmm. Confidence. Yes. Children. Yes. We want them 
to lead with it, obviously, but sometimes it's fucking scary. And sometimes I I wonder, I wonder, it kind of makes fucking sense. Just in, entertain my twisted brain right now. What if the reason that it's scary for some is because of our own egos? It's like, it's like being jealous with someone who is doing great things and you're jealous only because you wish that you had the guts or that you make excuses or that you don't believe in yourself enough to follow your passions. But what if it's your own kid? Pardon? What if our ego translates their inhibitions, their confidence into a negative as a defense in order to protect ourselves from our own ego, from feeling bad for things that we never accomplished or heavens forbid, pushing us out of our own adult conditioned comfort zones. It's like, it's like anything in life that pushes us, right? It pushes us to that place where we're uncomfortable, right? And If we, in our brains, simply just turn that one thing or that other person into something that we can dismiss, then we can make everything else, all that shit inside of us, again, feel normal. Again, it feels acceptable, right? Like, guys, love for our children is unconditional. I'm not fucking saying that people are out there hating on their kids, but I think... Sometimes our own conditioning as adults has built up so many walls that our own lack of self-love can sometimes cause parents to be jaded and unsupportive. And it's an unconscious thing. Parents don't even realize this is happening. So this unconscious level of holding them back or down is taking place versus Letting those little fuckers inspire you, inspire us. Like, what if our level of, quote, just protecting them is our own ego because of our own past hurts and failures? That shit happens. It is. It it might not be you. And I know it's not me. (laughs) Nor would we ever fucking admit it. But that shit happens. There are kids being raised this way and it's an honest mistake. It's our own conditioning. It all comes from love. It comes out of love. But that doesn't mean that it's right. Right? Like, but it's honest because our default as parents is to protect. And in order to protect them, We must remove them from situations that would cause them grief or pain or hurt. And we do that by controlling or forcing what they can and cannot do based on our past experiences, our lessons, our egos. Fuck. Anyways, loving our blessed children in all of their glory, in all of their innocence. This is not bliss. You fucking know it. I know it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's hard, but beautiful. 
it's a double-edged sword. If we let them experience life in the big wide world, then they are subject to hurt and conditioning from the outside world. If we shelter them, if we protect them from hurt and and life, then they're still being subjected to conditioning from us. <laughs> conditioning. It'll get you. There's that condition thing. It'll get you every fucking time. What's that conditioning thing that um, you hear men say about their daughters? Well, I can honestly say I've never actually heard a man say this. I think it's from a movie. I think it is a movie. It is relevant, though. It's a man describes his, his, his adoration and love for his daughter. She is a mini version of the mother, but in her best form. So that's saying that the child is the heart of the mother, all the good, without the conditioning and the years of baggage that gets added on. And she loves him back in the same unbiased, true form. It's gone with the wind. Yes. Fuck. Rhett Butler, me, please. I'll take Two. I'll take two. Two, please. Two, please. His love for his daughter, Bonnie, is a reflection for his love for Scarlet. Okay, hang on. I'm going to look this up now. Yes, I have the book. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's going to take me a minute to find this. It's a really big fucking book. Okay, hang on a second. Pause. Okay, I got it. So this is literally like top 10 movies of all time, okay? Literally, Gone with the Wind. We're in the final act, okay? And Rhett's, he's had, Rhett, Rhett has had enough of Scarlet shit. He's leaving her. Their adorable daughter has died and he's fucking out. He's making his case before he goes and he says to her, he says, I knew you didn't love me when I married you, but I thought I could make you care if I loved you hard enough. Laugh if you like, but I only wanted to take care of you, to pet you, to give you everything that you wanted. I wanted to marry and protect you and give you free reign in anything that made you happy, just as I did Bonnie. I wanted you to play, play like a child, for you were a child. A brave, frightened, bullheaded, beautiful child. But you refused to let me in. And I found my chance in Bonnie. I could do all those things for her that I wanted to do for you. And Bonnie was everything that I loved in you. But she loved me back. Duh, so there's that fucking truth bomb. Okay? Again, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Rhett Butler. I don't know if that's exactly where I was headed, but we love side roads, don't we? Dirt roads, twisty and hilly and dusty and leading to God knows where. What about, what about favoritism, though? Like, I love all my kids, obviously, very equally, <laughs> but... 
My boys, I've been accused of favoring them. Maybe, maybe I do. But is it because they are versions of their fathers, versions without the hardships that come with romantic relationships? And the same goes for daddies, girls, right? Like, and fathers. They're harder on their sons. Why? Because they, I don't fucking know. And am I harder on my daughters? Maybe. I think at a time, at a point in my life, I definitely was. I've I've definitely switched that around. But why was I? Why was I harder on my daughters? Because, Because I see them as younger versions of myself. It's a chance to actually talk to my previous self and spare them all my lessons? What if I could just force them to see things through my perspective right fucking now so that they don't have to learn the hard way? It's kind of like that, uh, the Jung quote, uh, Carl Jung. It's the, the greatest burden that a child must bear is the unlived life of the parent. We're done. We are done here because that fucking sums it up right there. But <laughs> but it doesn't work out that way, does it? Life always finds a way of happening. And they will, our children, they will learn their lessons either the hard way or the harder way. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. A lesson learned the easy way is a lesson not learned, if you ask me. It just, it just doesn't stick the same you know, and as a parent, I know it's hard as fuck not to do that. It goes against everything in our heads, in our ego minds, not to live their lives for them, not to exert our power, our right as their parent, or I'm the adult here sort of situation, right? But it's fucking impossible to prevent life from happening to our children. And it's impossible, guys. And the reason it's impossible is because it's not supposed to be that way. We got to let them learn on their own. We aren't supposed to force our lessons and ways. Our job is to teach them how to deal with it all. Be who you needed when you were growing up, they say. We're supposed to be there for support and guidance, but We cannot force them to see things through our lens because we only have this lens because we lived it. They got to live it to understand it. That's the hardest thing that I've ever done as a parent. It's is to let go of that control. Releasing control is way more fucking work than controlling too. Like I've lost, uh, lost sleep. I've lost relationships because of the way that I choose to raise my kids. I've lost lives. Okay. Like, can I get a Mario mushroom, please? Over here. I like 12. (laughs) And then, and then it just, I think, I think it comes down to clash of the Titans or core values, whatever you want to call them. Values. People say that your core values define everything that matters in your life and that to live your happiest life is to lead in accordance to these values. I agree. 
But I also believe they change as you go through life. So how can they be core? I think it's a trial and error thing. Like if I hadn't had the previous relationships and lived the life that I had had and realized what was and what wasn't truly important to me through those times, then today I wouldn't know what my true core values were. So without them, then we all know where I'm going with this. I wouldn't be who I was today. None of us who, none of us would be who we are without our past, right? So we aren't born with those values and morals. They become a part of us through life experiences and people's influence. So no matter how much you love a person, friends, family, partners, it comes down to values and morals that make that shit work. Fuck, I wish my friend Amy was here. Amelia, this was one of our favorite topics. What is true and what is conditioned when it comes to values? What a fucking topic. Mind blown. So before the podcast, we had this thing that we were going to do. We were going to take the fucking YouTube world by storm with our tit-for-tat debates and conversations. Fuck, together as a team, we are a force. Like, we look at things so differently and approach life in different ways but our cores are the same. Like we both, and so our cores are the same, but we we adopted our cores in different ways. So in relationships with yourself and your partner and your family, what a huge part of, it's, it's all a huge part of what we spewed about. So I wonder if I can pull up a session for you guys to listen to. Hang on a second. I'm just not that skilled. Hang on. No, okay. I'm not going to be able to do it. I don't think I can do it. Hang on. But anyways, yeah. We're going to do it one day. I know we are. I'm trying to, so we did a whole bunch of recordings, um, things that we were going to post on YouTube, basically live videos of us kind of fucking going at it, not going, we're not, we don't fight. We, we are extremely healthy debaters, but anyways, I can't do it. Anyways, she's this amazing human. Her business is called, uh, innovative, innovative life designs. And her specialty is design, thinking, coaching, and consulting. And don't even ask me to explain that or her approach or get in her fucking brain right now because I can't. One day, she will be on the show one fucking day. And you are going to need to take like a few walks around the block after that because your head is going to fucking spin after she heard my first podcast when I was on um, the Art Burrito podcast. She realized that I, at this time in my life, needed to take a different path. And at the same time, her passions were taking her down a different path for the time being. But 
what a fucking time we had while we were writing together and recording together and the time we spent together and all the incredible material we came up with. And more importantly, the self-processing that we did together as individuals while we did that work brought us to the places that we were at that moment where I am today and where she is today and that clarity that we both needed to put us in the right directions. Fucking magic. And again, I truly believe that we will bring these visions of ours to life one day when it's time. Goose, goosebumps. I love it. There's always a reason, right? Always. Okay, so yes, it's fucked and amazing how the chips fall, isn't it? Every day, we are literally just doing the best with what we have at the time that we have to have it with what we've learned so far. So I ask, so, so, so I ask you, why can't we teach our kids to do that too? Why can't we bite our tongues while we give them the room like they need, give them the room that they need to become? Just drink and shut up, right? (laughs) People say, ah, they're just kids. You can't let them make the rules. Kids don't know. Well, no, they don't know because they haven't learned it yet and they can't learn it unless they do it. So it's like the the human brain doesn't stop maturing and growing until our mid-20s. Did you fucking know that? So what if we teach them during that process versus removing control and responsibility from them because they're not mature or old enough to know? Fine lines, fine lines topic here, guys. And this is a crazy topic. But... There are circumstances where, yes, I agree, but then I disagree. (laughs) Shocking. Shocking, Jasmine. Just absolutely shocking. But if you think about it, if there is a child, a child is faced with a situation where they must adapt to survive and deal, guess what they do? Guess what they do better than adults? Exactly. So in my life, in my home, in the grand fucking scheme of things, fuck for the most part, I've released. I've come to let my kids learn lessons on their own for the most part. You know, like we're in this situation where they, you know, they think they know what's best and they're calling the shots and this is what they're doing. Okay, I say you you have at it. I've said my piece, I have laid my arguments and my advice based on my past experience, but okay, you do you. But remember, whatever the outcome is, you own it. Obviously, 99% of the time, my advice was right. They learned the lesson, but it was on their terms, their call. They learned the consequences of their actions and the choice they made. Fuck, when I was their age or ages, fuck, spans over a very broad period of time, I was constantly going against what other people were telling me I could or should or can't or won't do growing up. Fuck, 
right into my fucking late 20s. That's the way I was. So, so much that I didn't even know what I was doing or things, making the choices that I did for so long, other than just to say, fuck you. (laughs) Or because I was an autopilot. It's a literally a back and forth, fuck you, I won't do it, you tell me. Or like, uh, yes, Massa, yes. Like, my older two kids, that's the parents they got, the poor things. Like, they're amazing young adults right now. So I know that I didn't fuck them up that bad. And these days, I do, I do apply this means of parenting with them. But now... It's working. For us, it works. There are battles. It's not perfect, but there's no lies. And there's always fucking lesson learns for me and for them. And that's fucking huge in my books. But I mean, for the younger two, that's the way it's always been. For them, that's the mom they've gotten. And because of it, they're already learning those practices at such a fucking young age. When it comes to a strong, well, nine and seven-year-old, that's terrifying to give that rain. But I do it to the best of my ability. Obviously, without allowing them to endanger their lives or others. Like, pick your fucking battles, Jasmine, he says. Fuck. I hear you. Easy example, okay? Um, they say, uh, I'm not eating that for dinner. I'm going to make my own dinner. Okay, fine. Enjoy, I say. Have at it, right? Sometimes it ends in regrets, wishing that they had simply eaten the dinner that I had made for everyone else. And sometimes it leaves them happy with the choice that they made and the independence that they expressed through doing that. They're definitely not happy about the cleanup, but still, there's another lesson learned, right? Um... Uh, I'm not wearing my snow pants today. Hissy fucking fit turning into a 20, 30 minute goddamn battle before fucking school. Okay? Done. Flip it. Let it go. Fine, I say. I'm very sorry how cold you'll be and unable to enjoy being outside with your friends all day, but away you go. And that's a moment right there too, right? Because that's releasing the conditions of giving a shit what other people think. This is a perfect example of that. What kind of parent are people going to think I am when my kid has no snow pants on on a fucking day like today? That phone call from the school or the teachers, fuck it. (laughs) But holy shit, was there ever a day where I used to give a shit. I gave every fucking flying fuck you could possibly imagine. (laughs) Not anymore, it's gone. Gone. But so guess what happens? In the end, okay, they say no snow pants, I let them go. So no snow pants all day. We can do anything we want. We are capable, okay? So... So guess what happens? They say no snow pants, no snow pants all day. They're miserable and cold for one day and they never fucking argue with you again. Well, 
they might argue, but they retain that memory. And it's there for their brain to weigh in on that the next time they think of it. And then they start to argue. But the right decision is made in the end without me having to go through a 20-minute fucking battle. Because me forcing and making it a rule based on what I know to be best is not a memory in their brain. It's not a memory that their brain can search for. And and to make that sound judgment. Okay, what, what's that movie that I'm thinking of right now? Uh, Joy. Uh, Inside Out. So fucking good, right? Inside Out. Great movie for kids. Definitely not. No idea. Kind of relevant. Anyways, teaching your kids to own their shit has to come from allowing them to fuck it up. Sooner the better, if you ask me. Because, I mean, those are very simple examples that I just laid out. But they lead to the bigger ones later in life as adults, right? And as adults, we aren't very good at that, are we? We we, we don't know how to own our shit worth shit half the time, right? Fuck. Choices. Oh, choices. Choices. Turn and face the train. Choices. Yeah, choices. As adults, parents, we know. We recognize that they learn from us. They are us. They come from us. So what do we do? Okay, we make our choices and decisions based on what's best for our kids. I say no. Again, fine lines. Fine lines, you guys. To a point, yes. But in reference to ourselves, what is best for me isn't always best for my kids. So... I started making kids, kids start making their choices for themselves when they're fucking born. Like, but we as adults are taught to immediately begin to train them, to condition them, to function and exist in ways that suit our life, our timelines. Toddlers, they fucking know what's up. They're going to fucking tell you. But nine times out of 10, we redirect them telling them what's best for them. We provide them with a more non-selfish decision or option. We encourage them towards what's best for us, what's best for someone else. But what if? I mean, would it be completely a fucking utter chaos? (laughs) Like, think about what if. Like, what if we let it roll? Fine lines. There's... Okay, there's got to be a better way. So basically, that's what I'm saying. There has to be a better way to do this. So, But at some point, I started making choices and decisions in my life based on what was best for me. Because if I'm whole in living my truth in my best life, then my kids will too, right? So now, <laughs> I live in a household Full of, in their right, okay, age-appropriate, selfish humans. But in a very selfish, like, self-fulfilling way. Not rude selfish. Like, 
And I have made that choice. I've chosen this. I've chosen to empower them. And that way, as fucking exhausting as it is, is so fulfilling. Again, within reason. Okay, fine lines, you guys. This would be such a fucking easier conversation to bounce off of someone. But like the whole you do you platform is exhausting and easier all at the same time. It's it's much more work catering to all of these different personalities, encouraging all these different directions versus one set of rules, one way of life in one direction. I fucking hate One Direction. Backstreet Boys were so much better. And in sync, even one direction, no thanks. Anyways, I'm me. Okay, and they are them. So as much as it is my job to shape and nourish them, I've come to learn that it's more of my job to teach them to believe in themselves and to be them. The rest will take care of itself. Like just be them to become the truest version of themselves versus creating themselves as an image of something or someone else. That's my fucking job to slow down conditioning as much as I can. I can't prevent it, but to hell if I'm not going to slow it down. But when I personally started to live with live this way, for myself, that's when a lot of things started to change for me. And when I go back years and years to when I started to make these changes in my life, I have this quote, one of my all-time favorite quotes, and I have a lot of favorite quotes, but this one, it's, um, watch your thoughts for they become your words. Choose your words for they become your actions understand your actions for they become your habits study your habits for they will become your character develop your character for it becomes your destiny now when i say destiny i take that as your true path your dharma your true self your purpose okay it doesn't say a lot about choices but that's how I started this whole thing, this living authentically thing. It started with owning my choices. It took a long time and I still fuck it up, but you got to start somewhere, right? The choices, choices made by you must be owned by you. Make them with fucking conviction. Live with conviction, okay? Yoda, what Yoda says, do or do not. There is no try. Is that relevant? Yoda is always relevant, Jasmine. Let's just live authentically. We don't though. And I was there living it or wasn't living it. But things happen in life to remind you. Those things happen to me that this is it. Tomorrow isn't promised. And I found myself spinning and saying, how much of your day, Jasmine, was spent worrying about other people's shit? Their, their opinions, I mean. How much of your day was spent not being present, Jasmine? And every night after stressing and worrying while you drift off to a horrible fucking restless sleep, you find yourself promising, promising yourself that tomorrow I'll do better. Well, it just, it was like, 
like that. So one day I just, I followed through with that promise to myself, to my kids. And here we are, me spewing things that I don't even think about before I spew them. And you're listening, like maybe one day I'll say something that makes some fucking sense. (laughs) Cheers. Pardon? Pardon? Choices. Yes. Choices. They're usually or always made based in reference to something, right? And there's two main forms of that. There is self-referral and object referral. And choices made in an object referral state of mind is what we call ego-based and actions-based upon others. Actions and decisions based on upon outside sources. These decisions are made based on fear of rejection, of comparison, um, upholding social identities and masks, being an image of something versus your truth. Sounds complicated, but this is actually the fucking easy street, okay? This This is autopilot. I mean, how much easier is it to make your decision based on others so that you can blame others for your decisions or your actions or your choices. Because when they're made from this place of being, we have made those choices with our ego and we can deflect the outcome on all of these outside forces that we used to make the decision in the first place. Okay. Are you there? Are you with me? Hello? Hello? Bueller? Right? Okay, so it's easy, but to choose authentically is choosing in self-referral mode. Okay, so there you are consciously removing any of that ego, okay, removing other people's opinion opinions and influence from the choices that you make. You want to know how? When you make a move, you tell yourself, say it out loud, write that shit down, sign it, make, make a contract with yourself, fucking sign it in your goddamn fucking blood if you have to, make it real by doing that, by saying it, I own this move. This choice, this decision I'm making is mine and I am the one responsible for the outcome, whatever it may be. I will not put this back on anyone other than myself. Again, so when you write it down or when you say it out loud, you give it an identity. You make it real. When things are just in your head, they're private, right? There's no accountability except to yourself and Let's face it, if you're in this phase, we don't really honor ourselves very highly when we're here, do we? So you've got to give it an identity and then shit starts to happen. And when shit starts to happen and when shit falls apart and when things go well, either way, you will take credit and you will be so fucking amazed how blame and deflection and regret are removed from your thought process when you start doing this. My God, regret. 
having regret removed because you owned it, you cannot regret a lesson learned. And imagine the pride and the confidence that you instill in yourself when success comes from this choice. When you're when you move with conviction, will you still blame yourself when you fail? Probably. As long as you're still hating on yourself, then yes, there'll be blame. But once you can see the lessons, the blame is removed along with that regret. And if you can see your error and forgive yourself, then you can rebuild the image that you hold of yourself. And then that is mirrored in the way that you start to ungive a shit about what other people think too. Because ultimately, the image that we see of ourselves and others is a reflection on how we feel about ourselves. Just like the way people treat you is a reflection on how they feel about themselves. So yeah, once you remove all these things, the external influences and people and you only have yourself to fall back on your shit gets put in that spotlight it's scary right i know but let's remember what did we learn remember jen versus bowie in this moment it's all ego it's not fucking real it's the you have no power over me it's the blaming others is no longer an option when you choose with authenticity, with conviction. It's all on you because you wrote it down. You signed that fucking shit, remember? You own that shit. And you can let that break you or fucking empower you. And you can start from a place of just being, just be nothing except everything that you want to fucking be. You can own all that truth, the truth, the good and the bad and everything that is you. And when you own it, you accept it and you become less and less concerned with the external influence and you find out what matters and you lead from a place of self versus object referral. That's a fucking success story right there. Choices made with conviction made with authenticity behind them equals freedom and freedom equals happiness and happiness equals empowerment and it's always been there in you it begins and ends with you and only you if you're one of the lucky ones someone lucky enough where you have other people to love and enhance that life with you they're supposed to be a bonus they don't complete or make or break your true happiness They should be there to enhance all your happiness and success. And when and if you start or have already started or when you start your own self-work, you learn very quickly how powerful you really are. You're a fucking Jedi. I'm a fucking Jedi. And together, we're going to join the fucking rebellion. I want to go to Endor right now. I want to hang out with Wicket and the fucking Ewoks. Okay, I saw this thing. What is it? It's a picture of Wicket. And it says, the Ewoks are just woke care bears that stopped people pleasing and became self loving nomadic forest dwellers. <laughs> yes, sign me up. Fucking to Endor we go. I'm going to go. I'm going. 
I'm grateful for you. So fucking grateful. Fuck. Talk soon, guys. <laughs>